Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, John Mikulski and Brian Brueger. Welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, episode 27, Bullying Support for Teachers, for January 10th, 2012. I am your host, John Mikulski, and joining me is Brian Brueger and Mark Cockrell. How's it going, guys? Doing very well. Doing great, thanks. I was waiting for him to go first. He was waiting for me to go first. Hence, pregnant pause. <laughs> I know. I thought, what <laughs> what a derailing opening to the show. Hey, guys. And then crickets. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. If we started, I wasn't paying attention. Right, right, yeah. I had other important things going on. I was checking my, uh, my Twitter account. I was account playing and... Angry Birds. Yes. <laughs> That's right. But Those quick, pigs I, aren't going to kill themselves. Yeah, I, gotta, I, I was I, checking my Facebook there you go. I actually have a, a real quick Angry Bird story. I wasn't planning on sharing this, but my, my son is three years old, and for some reason, he loves my iPad, my iPod. He's always playing with it. And for some reason, the other day, he was walking through the kitchen, and on the side of our refrigerator, we have a, a remote control, a little gray remote control, and it's for um, the under-the-cabinet radio that we have you know, installed in the kitchen. And our kitchen is pretty small. Like I can pretty much put both arms out and touch either wall. So there's really no reason for us to ever need a remote control in the kitchen. So it's been there for the last like three or four years. But he saw it and his eyes lit up and he said, oh, iPod, that's my iPod. So he's now been carrying around this remote control for the last like week now, um, pretending it's an <laughs> iPod. And he actually goes through the motions and plays the game. So I'll see him sitting on the couch and he'll say, oh, angry birds and i'll see him swiping pretending to swipe his fake ipod <laughs> and i thought i've just ruined this kid like he's gonna have no imagination i don't know if that counts as having a lot of imagination or is completely ruining his imagination because everything <laughs> looks like an app on an ipod now to him excellent uh, i have a quick follow-up story to that my my youngest daughter is three uh and uh she often watches netflix on my ipad um but recently we had we had cause to go back to the old portable dvd players you know those that sounds so ancient right they're yeah, only, that old thing yeah. only it's a couple of years old, old but we put the dvd in and she was watching it and she kept touching the screen because she was trying to make it stop and rewind mm-hmm. and she couldn't do it and every time she touched the screen nothing happened finally she looked at me and said daddy is broke <laughs> no, no, he's not broke. He's just not an iPad. Yeah, there's a, a YouTube. <laughs> there was a viral YouTube video going around a couple months back. Same idea. Uh, it was a two or three year old, and he had a traditional print magazine, and they kept touching all the pictures in the magazine, and they couldn't figure out why it wasn't doing anything. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're just ruining everybody now. <laughs> it's just it's. And uh, I, it's I, no special story, but my two-year-old is exactly the same way. <laughs> she touches the screen of the computer. She touches screens in the car. She touches screens everywhere and then yells, Angba, Angba, because she wants to play Angry Birds. Yeah. So, well, let's let's get into the, now that we've warmed up, let's get into the official warm-up for, uh, for today's show before we get to our <laughs> guest. I just wanted to share this real quick because I had mentioned anything on Twitter. So if anyone follows me, they may have seen me tweeting back and forth with a few people about it. But um, thinkgeek.com is one of my favorite nerd geek websites to go to. It's got all kinds of cool little gadgets and things. And um, they, I found right before Christmas, they, have, they were selling Facebook stamp um, Facebook like and dislike stamps that you could stamp on the papers. <laughs> and I saw those right away and thought, oh, I have to get those for my classroom. What a great idea. I can stamp students, you know, papers. How how relevant would I be that I can like their paper as opposed to giving them the gold star? And uh, I got them for Christmas. And 
I had my first experience with with them today. I had some essays to grade over the break, so I finished grading them, and I made sure that every class I only gave the stamp out to like two or three kids. So I made it very, very exclusive. And I wasn't sure if they were going to bite on it because at this point I've had my students for two years because we loop with them. I had them last year as seventh graders and now this year as eighth graders. And they know most of my tricks, and it's really hard to get an eighth grader into anything at this point because they're just too cool for life. But I, I made a big deal about it when I handed back papers and said, you know, I, I, it's pretty exclusive if you got a stamp from me. And, you know, it's only a few kids and, and I don't hand them out like candy. You really got to earn it. And the kids just went berserk over which papers had this stupid stamp on the top of it, this Facebook, you know, thumbs up stamp. And I actually had one kid who, who asked me afterward and said, you know, can we have another writing assignment soon so I can try to earn my stamp? <laughs> and I thought, oh, I snowed him. I didn't think that would happen this late in the year, but I got him. So... I, I now, totally recommend it to everybody. You said they had both the like and the dislike? Yeah, actually, my wife said, you know, are you going to use both? And I said, well, I guess I, you know, I probably at some point I'll pull out the dislike if there's something that the kids do like really foolishly. I want to know how heartless you have to be to slap the dislike <laughs> on somebody's paper. Well, I my mean, wife there's said, F and then there's dislike. That's worse. <laughs> well, my, my wife said, you can't That's use like that at least F-minus. the first time because it, it, she said, it, you're going to get parent phone calls. <laughs> but so, <laughs> right now I'm just using the like stamp, but it, it's going over very, very well. Um, so I would I don't know if that really counts as like a, a teacher tip, but um, I think the set of them was only like ten bucks on ThinkGeek. Totally, go get yourself a Facebook like stamp because it's it, it will inspire your kids um, to the likes that only candy can do. You know, candy is the the way that you get kids to do work, and apparently stamps are the same way. There's not a dislike button on Facebook. That's on YouTube. There, there's not yeah. even a dislike button. So I know. So you're meaner <laughs> than Facebook. You're meaner than Mark Zuckerberg if you use I've, that thing. I've reached YouTube levels. I'm. <laughs> Yeah. So what? What next? At the end of writing, a I science, would like to put, see. We're gonna put. I'd like, like to see comments, video like, evidence of you actually doing the dislike <laughs> at some point during the course of the year. Hey, I'll I'll hold on to him. I think as as time wears on, time goes on, and the appeal of the like stamp wears off, I'm gonna have to pull up the dislike and see what I can do with it. So, so, so that's my story for today. Um, you, what do you say when I get right to our guests? <laughs> what do you mean right to that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i would like to get to the guest i would dislike to continue on oh that that's a weak attempt <laughs> at a transition okay joining us now is joe bruzace uh the ceo and founder of sprigio.com joe how you doing outstanding thanks so much for having me today well, I'm really excited to to finally get to see you face to face and talk to you a little bit more. We kind of have a, a history now. We've we've talked a few times about a couple different things, so it seemed like a natural progression to have you on the show. No, oh, absolutely. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to get back on the line again today. Oh, absolutely. And I guess I have the advantage because I know a little bit about you. But why don't you start off and tell everyone, our listeners, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my background is actually in education. We, we are very uh, similar in that regard in that I started out as a middle grades teacher, uh, spent the first 10 years of my career in the classroom working with kids while also out on the field. I was a soccer coach um, for about 20 years. So this is kind of all prior to having my own kids and uh, just had a ball doing it, loved it every single day of it. Um, and then met a couple people that were out at the university level, and I thought, oh, maybe I want to get back out there and 
and kind of give that a shot. And so I went back to school, got a master's degree, and then started working in teacher education. And that was really, it was an amazing time because for one of the first times I was able to actually talk with people about the practice of teaching and learning. And that was kind of, that was kind of interesting for me. So I started working with the teacher education program, uh, people that were getting their teacher certification, uh, and did that for a few years while teaching some classes at the university, which I still do. So that's been a really big part of my own uh, kind of progression to where I'm at right now. Uh, along the way, wrote a book called A Parent's Guide to the Middle School Years and did quite a bit of parent education speaking on that. Um, and then as kind of a, another step along the path, I started to really hear from parents and from kids uh, that bullying was really a big issue. And of course, you turn on the television almost any night of the week and you'll find it there. But to hear it from kids and parents in all different places across the country, you know, I really had to take a step back and say, what am I doing to really address this concern amongst kids and parents? And other than just showing up and doing two hours of uh, speaking. So that's when I kind of took a step back and said, uh, you know, how can we weave together today's technology so that it makes sense for kids and give them an avenue to, to really talk about what they see happening at the school site? Because my sense was, if you give kids a safe way to talk about when either they see a problem happening or they don't feel safe themselves, they're going to use that. And so that's kind of where Sprigio evolved from. And it's, uh, it's been a great success up to this point, kind of slow and moving. It just takes a while to get the word out, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm really enjoying every day of it. So it sounds like it was a natural progression starting from where you were to, to where you are now. Very much so. And I just kind of let it guide me along the path, if you will. And I have to tell you, I'm so jealous when I saw that you, you wrote a book because that's like one of the things I've always wanted to do. And I don't know where you find time to do that because I always, I have ideas and then I sit down in between like kids and it sounds like you have kids as well, but between kids and work and everything else, it's someday that's on my, my bucket list. <laughs> you can do it. And I would wholeheartedly encourage you to sit down and do that. Look at that. He's a motivational uh, speaker too. It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for people who haven't gone to, to Sprigio.com, real quick, just give a, like a, a two-sentence overview of exactly what the site is just so that they're clear on that. Yeah, and, and essentially it is just that. It's the website. And kids, parents, we have community members, we have staff and teachers using it as well. But essentially, when you get to Sprigio.com, there is a link there that says online reporting form. And when you click onto that link, you get the online reporting form. It asks you what state you live in. Then it just drops in a couple of other fields and questions that ask whoever it is that's using the form, what happened? Now, was it a bullying incident? Was it some other type of violence that you saw happening at the school? Did it happen to you? Did it happen to somebody you know? Uh, just give us a little bit of that detail. And then what happens is when that person hits the submit button at the bottom, it sends an instant notification to the school's administrator, and that's through done through a secure email route. Uh, the other thing that it does is it drops it into what we call our online dashboard, and that becomes the system of follow-up for a school administrator once they've confirmed that that report actually did occur. They go into the dashboard and then note all the follow-up action that's been taken afterwards. Wow. Now, I can see... You know, initially, in terms of just awareness and, 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 you know, on the school's behalf, 
but beyond you know awareness of what's going on why is this an important resource you know for this for the schools you know beyond that that initial we're now aware that something happened absolutely uh a couple of different things one is is it really begins to track uh behaviors and trends and behaviors over time so one of the schools that's using a perfect example what they were starting to notice was that there was a trend forming in incidents that were occurring in certain hallways around the school and that's what the dashboard will show you okay there's been x percentage of incidents occurring in this location and so what they did with that information was they kind of took their staff and they said during breaks and and in between classes Let's make sure that we have extra staff in these areas. Let's also try kind of rerouting kids around the campus so that they're not, it's not so congested in these certain areas. So it becomes kind of that data point, if you will. So you can look at it and say, what's happening here with the trends and behavior? What's going to be really interesting, though, is that because it's now being used nationwide, uh, you have access to data, not particular incidents, but the data across a nation. So you can start to look at trends and behavior across your state, across the nation, different times of the year, and start to look at, you know, is there something happening at different times of the year? Is there something happening just in this area? What's happened in our state in this particular time? So it's really going to become much more of a predictor, I think, of behavior. And that's where it starts to get really interesting. Now, is that is that uh, trending? Can we deal with that on a not only the incidences but also resolutions? Is that two sided there? Absolutely. Uh, anything that gets into that online dashboard, essentially, it's an online database, can then be looked at, filtered, and you can run a report on that data. So you can essentially ask anything from the data as long as the data is in the online dashboard. See, that makes so much sense, too, because bullying, with so many other things that administrators deal with, lots of times they're reactive. They're not necessarily proactive to the problem. And bullying is a tough one because you can only deal with it after it's happened. So it sounds like what Sprigio does is it kind of gives them access to data and analysis that they can use to help prevent that in more ways than just like the blanket, everyone be nice kind of statements that just prove to be ineffective. Exactly. Well, that's really, really cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about bullying because it's it's obviously a, a real hot-button issue uh, all over the nation right now. Uh, and actually, just recently, I'm sure you're aware of it, but there was a, an incident right near me, actually, in Williamsville, New York, um, mm-hmm. where there was a, a boy who committed suicide, and it, it made national attention. It was connected um, to Lady Gaga. and So it's something that, especially in my area right now, has really been on kind of the, the minds of of teachers and students alike. So I want to ask you about bullying because, I mean, you kind of see it, like you said, from many different schools all over the nation. Do you think it's gotten worse or has it just gained more attention? Well, it's only been fairly recently that the data has actually been kept where organizations like the Olvaeus Bullying Prevention Program, who's one of our partners now, has really started to look at data and surveying kids in U.S. schools. It started in Norway and they brought it over here to the U.S., Uh, But it's just been recently where they're starting to look at trends and how it's increasing or decreasing. And I don't know that it's there's a greater um, frequency of bullying now than there was, let's say, when we were kids. Uh, But I think it's being more publicized. 
Um, you know, you've got people like Anderson Cooper and you know other media outlets that really spotlight stories, particularly when a child takes their own life, and uh, and then quickly try and make the connection to bullying. And I think in many of those cases that there has been a connection. But uh, in working with a nationwide organization called the Trevor Project, who really their focus is on LGBT youth and suicide prevention, you know, they're very quick to, to say not all suicide is caused by bullying, that there are other mitigating factors in many of these cases. And so, uh, but yet I bring up that point because a lot of the attention around bullying has been driven towards suicide and kids who uh who hit the spotlight in that way and so i don't know john there's necessarily a rise in bullying per se as much as uh more media attention sure now noticing those trends and then you know seeing this data um what trends do you notice as you look at you know the data nationwide in 11 states now is it Eleven states we have schools and districts now using uh, now using Sprigio, and there's a very clear trend, and it's it's kind of twofold in that uh, there is significant percentage over fifty percent of all the incidents that have been reported through the Sprigio system are occurrences that are happening in the classroom. And when I shared that with a group, they were they were kind of dumbfounded, you know, at first. And they said, well, how can this be? You know, I mean, you've got a teacher in the classroom. And and I said, but you have to understand a lot of that bullying that's taking place in the classroom is verbal. And it's very subtle. It's under your breath. You know, it's me taunting you. And in a classroom of 30 plus students, even the best teacher is not going to hear everything because they can't be everywhere all at once. So. A lot of the verbal bullying is happening in the classroom, but then right outside the classroom door in the hallways, that's number two as far as the highest uh, frequency of bullying. And that, of course, is the more physical bullying. That's somebody getting knocked down in the hallway, getting pushed up into the locker. Uh, And then quickly following that is the school bus. And we had an incident come in just last year. A principal said to me, hey, I want to share this with you. And uh, two guys had gotten on the bus after school, and this is on the ride home. And there was some altercation on the bus and words were shared. And on the way off of the bus, one kid says to the other, this is middle school. Tomorrow, I'm going to bring a knife and I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to kill myself. So the kid who heard that got off the bus, must have gotten home onto his computer, sent in this report, which, of course, got to the school principal. School principal had that information before the next morning and showed up there at the bus stop. And he said, I, I think we probably saved somebody's life today. So, so you know, that, when they got there, did the kid have the knife? The kid actually had the knife. Wow. So that's it's one of those things where without an outlet like what we're providing, that principal may not have gotten that information. Now, when a student submits something through this site, is it anonymous or, or can it be anonymous or do they have to, are required to put their name in? No, it can be anonymous. But about 90% of the reports that come through, the person sending in the report actually does put their name. Okay. Um, you know, I got to say, I'm kind of surprised like when Brian asked about the trends and right away you talked a lot about in classrooms and in the halls and things. I can see that happening, but I'm really surprised you didn't say anything about the computer because I think most times if you mentioned bullying to teachers they're going to say oh it's facebook and it's texting and it's through emails and and that's the downfall of everything and i'm really surprised that you didn't say that Um, 
have do you see that often though in reports that things like start up on facebook or through twitter or whatever the case it's actually a very small percentage less than 10 percent of what comes through our system is what we would categorize as cyberbullying, something that's occurred in a text message online, instant message, Facebook, uh, YouTube. And that really corresponds with the latest data uh, that's now online in research related to bullying and cyberbullying. And the difference uh, between cyberbullying incidents, the what kids report is about 10% compared to about 40% as being either verbal or physical bullying, what we consider to be traditional bullying. So it's a very low percentage. Again, I think why it's on everybody's radar is they see kids using technology and, and some make the assumption that, you know, they're probably going to be getting after somebody sooner or later with the text message. And it's an easy outlet for kids to be able to do that and cause harm with another child. But, you know, honestly, the majority of kids are not using technology in that way. But just like with regular yeah. bullying incidents, when it comes to the forefront, then it, it has had a significant impact on somebody's life. And I think that's what the media grabs and that's what grabs our attention. Man, if you could go ahead and make sure you tell every single person you see that it's not <laughs> the internet's fault, <laughs> because I hear that all the time. And, you know, my, I was just my thinking, argument is always on that you know, note. Don't you think that it's more of a issue of the fear of the unknown? And it's not just that they don't, you know, the <laughs> parents or teachers don't know the internet, but it's that they don't know exactly what's going on there. And so it's an easy answer to say, well, this must have happened in the technology, you know, realm. Oh, absolutely. Don't know it. Don't understand it. Need to censor it. It must be bad. <laughs> it must be bad. You know, I, I don't understand it. Must be bad. Well, I guess you, you kind of already mentioned this. You're saying now that cyberbullying is almost, you see it as a whole different issue altogether. Is that right? It is a whole different issue altogether, and I think it's because it's so closely connected, of course, to the technology, uh, but not nearly as prevalent as what we're made to believe. The, the incidence is far lower than traditional types of bullying. You know, my argument is always my argument is always that, you know, when someone writes a note or a nasty thing on a bathroom wall, people don't blame the pencil. So I don't understand why they blame the computer when someone types something nasty, but that that's just my two cents on it i guess no i think that's a sentiment that needs to be shared around so between the two of us i'm, I'm sure we'll get it out yeah well i got you on my side now so i i think the half the battle is won <laughs> now there's three Not only that, but you have the there data you. to back it up that's the important thing yeah 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 have the data yeah, there, to back it up. the four that's of us it. against the world yes <laughs> Well, uh, moving on, I want to talk a little bit more about something that you have planned for Sprigio. And I actually, I guess I have the inside scoop because you and I have spoken about this before. But um, with your work through Sprigio, you've been really fortunate to get to speak with a bunch of people um, that have a lot to do with anti-bullying and, and teaching tolerance and those kinds of things. So I guess my question for you is, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about that piece of the site? But then also, can you share like that one story, if there is one that really showed the impact of, of someone doing something good or doing something really beneficial for students. What, tell, tell us that story. Um, it actually was somebody I just met recently at the beginning of November. I was at a conference in New Orleans and there was a father-son team there from West Virginia, uh, which was novel in itself considering I've never met anyone from West Virginia, but you know, <laughs> that's an aside. So 
and, and when do you ever see a, a teen hanging out with his dad and them actually having a good time? So that, you know, that was anomaly number two. But when these guys got up on stage and they were part of a panel with a woman named Ann Collier, who's, you know, net safety, nationally known writer, uh, another guy who's head of uh, Cox Cable in the classroom. And, and then there were these two guys. And so I said, you know, this is amazing. What do these guys have to share? And the son, whose name is Aiden McDaniel, he got up and, you know, as you would expect a 14 year old to do you know he's he's got the cell phone over here because he's actually you know checking his phone as he's delivering the speech to everybody but he went on to talk about this program that he and his friends started at the high school as freshmen and he called it launch into the friend zone and i said well what's this all about what they've done is essentially anytime there's a new student on campus or uh, there's a student who's really struggling with their peer group, just doesn't seem to fit in for whatever reason, he and the group of people in this club essentially welcome this kid in. And, and it becomes that sense of peer and networking community that they feel like was really missing from this child's life because they've identified that if there's a peer group there, you know, the kid's going to feel more confident. They're going to feel more excited about being at school. Essentially, they're going to have some friends. And, you know, what really stunned me was the fact that at 14 years old, he's already identified what's so important to people of all ages, which is just to feel connected and to be part of a community and acknowledged for who you are as a unique individual. And he's already got it at 14. And that just blew me away. And the fact that he was able to pull in a group at his high school and get them on board with this and get them moving forward on it, I just said to him afterwards, you created an incredible legacy because this is going to live on long after you're gone. And you've started something that's it, that's amazing. And so, I mean, that, that John, it's one of the one of the many really stories that uh, that I've been treated to as part of what I'm doing with Spriggio. And then, you know, you and I, of course, had the opportunity just a couple of weeks ago uh, to talk about the Heroes Project, which your school and your group is a part of. So uh, I'm blushing. that's something I'm blushing I'd love to talk here. about as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did mention, I think, in a previous episode that my students had done um, a bullying video, and that's actually how I first met Joe, um, because he, he had gotten word of what my kids were doing and and we wanted to share that on his site as well. So I guess that's my full disclosure on this particular episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question might actually lead into this Heroes Project. So I'm going to, you know, before we delve into that, I'm, I'm curious, you know, with the stories that you hear and with the, with the data that you've collected and that kind of stuff, you know, this is a, a teacher podcast or a podcast for teachers, you know, by teachers, what kind of information is the information that the teachers don't typically hear that would actually be helpful to them curbing some of the bullying that's happening, as you said, directly in front of them in the classroom or, you know, right in front of them in the hallway or that kind of stuff? You know, and you get the typical, you know, answers if you go to a bullying seminar or things like that. So I'm curious, like maybe some of the not so typical, you know, I would recommend this type of a thing. Do you have any suggestions for teachers? You know, the, there is no quick and easy 
to this. Uh, the most successful teachers, and by successful, I mean those folks that have really built a community within their classrooms and with their students. They developed a culture that it, it's not only pervasive among the students and how they treat each other and they, they, this idea of tolerance and respect, but it's that relationship that the teacher has with the students themselves because it's not a one step removed. We are a part of this community together here in the classroom. And that really starts from the first day that you're in there as a teacher with your students. And that's, I think, the encouragement that I would give to teachers is build the community, acknowledge your students for their uniqueness. And I mean, and that sounds like common sense to our group, but you know, the number of classrooms you walk into and it's a, it's a me against them kind of thing. And I saw that working with people just gaining their credential and being able to observe in hundreds of classrooms. And it it just doesn't exist in all places. And I think when you don't have that community, then kids are even more prone to not want to share anything personal, particularly something related to bullying or school safety with somebody who's kind of in an authoritarian position, like a teacher. Mm -hmm. But if they feel as though there's that relationship there and you're going to listen to what I have to say and really hear what I'm saying honestly, of course, I'm going to share that with you. I want to be able to trust someone close to me. And why not a teacher? So I think, number yeah. one, it, it's got to build a community. And from there, everything evolves quite organically. And you've got a great relationship going where kids are talking with you and, and you get the information you need. You know, you, you, yeah. you I think that advice can be expanded out to um, the entire school you can expand that scope to not just the one classroom but the entire school that idea of building a school community you know yeah, yeah and probably results in fewer discipline issues you know throughout the entire school day and through the the child's school experience because they don't have to act out to get that attention and get that recognition good or bad absolutely yeah and i think that that will be something interesting to look at three, four years down the road, schools that have been using uh, not only a system like Sprigio, but they have, they've worked on the culture of the school to see the number of incidents actually decline, you know, and to be able to look at that data and say, beyond just using what we're doing and, and creating the data for you, what else have you been doing to change the culture at your school? And then being able to use the data to support the fact that, you know, the change of culture is really what's led to fewer incidents over time. And I'd be curious to see how that affects everything else too, like the ripple effect with something like, say, attendance rate or even academics. You know, when kids can let that guard down, they can focus on that and they tend to, you know, achieve more, succeed more because they're willing to take more risks. So I think this is not just this one incident, you know, this one thing that you're focusing on. I think it kind of impacts everything else, even though maybe people don't recognize that. Yeah. I mean, you guys get it, right? We're speaking to the choir here. It's, uh, every, <laughs> you guys every understand episode, the connection every between single episode. if I feel safe, well, why wouldn't I want to be in a place where I feel safe? And then I want to take risks because everybody acknowledges the fact that, uh, you know, I've got something unique to share. I mean, that's something that seems so basic, but yet so foreign, I think, to a lot of people. So I'm glad that we're, we're putting it out there because you got to hear that if, uh, if you're working with kids. Well, and it sounds like you hey, John. a lot of first-hand experience Maybe. with that with these these projects they're the, the hero project stories you have absolutely tell us so, a little bit more about this hero project because full disclosure i have not been in on the conversations <laughs> between john and joe and so here i sit you know naive and unknowing <laughs> so uh t 
tell me about the hero project. <laughs> yeah, we need to bring you into the loop, into the circle on this one. Uh, when we put the site together, the Desprigio website, we created a section for parents and we created a section for schools. And I kind of intentionally left the kids and teens section out because I didn't want to just put something there to have something there. So we filled all, all three of the buckets. And as I was looking around at what different schools were doing and, and what kids were talking about and parents, very quickly kind of came to me that if we were going to do anything for kids and teens, it was going to have to be something that they owned. And it was going to have to be something that acknowledged the work that they were doing, um, which is what you're going to see there. And it needed to be something that was going to continue to grow, but was going to be driven by kids and teens, not driven by somebody on Sprigio's side. So that, that kind of really took some thought, you know, it was like, well, what's it going to be then that, that could meet all those goals and still be attractive to kids and teens. And so that's when the idea of the heroes project kind of came to the forefront. And it was, it was like, well, if we acknowledge them by calling them heroes, and we talk about the amazing things that we're seeing all over the country um, and publicize that in a way that makes sense so the kids feel acknowledged, they'll naturally want to gravitate towards it. And so we started kind of putting out these invitations to people like you, John, and, and uh, you had somebody in Utah, New Mexico, there was Pennsylvania. It was amazing how it just spread out around the country. Uh, but what you'll see in January here in just a couple of weeks when we launch it is five or six kind of case studies. That's kind of a funky word. Really, it's a look at groups of kids who we've called now heroes because of what they've done to change the culture at their school and supported by teachers and administrators and parents. But really, and I heard this come through loud and clear, John, when we talked with your kids the other day was like, we did this, you know, and Mr. Rakulski was there and he was helping us, but we were, we were able to create this and, and get this kind of response from people around the world that, you know, signing the online petition it was like, this is amazing. And that's exactly what I was hoping this was going to be totally kid driven, uh, but adult supported. And now all that's left to do is kind of put this out for the world to see and I think what's going to happen is it's just going to continue to drive itself. And you'll have kids and teens talking about people they know. And, you know, maybe we should nominate them to be our hero on Sprigio. So the intention is each month we'll continue to update it with information that's coming in from current heroes. So that's kind of the organic development of this. But really, it's just an acknowledgement of some of the amazing work that people are doing around the country. And my understanding, too, is that the Heroes Project focuses on kids who deserve recognition, however, they may not have necessarily been out to seek recognition for whatever they were doing. Is that about exactly. right? Exactly. Right. Well, and, and I can speak for, from experience because uh, right before Christmas break, Joe actually, we Skyped in to what, uh, a group of my kids who actually worked on this anti-bullying video that, that we made, and they could not have been more elated to get a, a chance to share their story and to hear someone who was really interested in what they were doing and was really welcoming to you know their ideas and what you know their experiences and I think that's what it's all about I think that's a, a huge part of the site um, that I'm actually looking forward to to seeing you said it's, it's sometime in January is that right yeah a couple of weeks from now 
and I will definitely let you know. I'll give you the insider's route before uh, we All launch. Right. Well, we're, we're starting to wrap up here now, Joe. Um, I guess I have one final question because us sure. being the, the tight wads, I guess we have to ask it. Now, everybody does. Don't feel bad. Final loop. How does that work if there is a school like, you know, someone's been listening and they know that this is something that their administration is real sensitive about and they want to be able to help. How does a school go about hooking up with Spurgio and getting that set up for their campus? Sure. First step is you want to, of course, go to the website, find out a little bit more about what we do and how the system works. There's a couple of short videos that just give you the flyover uh, of how the system actually functions. If it's something that you feel like is going to fit for you as a school and as an administration, then you send us an email. That's the next step. Team, T-E-A-M, at Sprigio.com. The setup is easy. It's less than 24 hours. It's mostly on our end, and essentially it's putting all the credentials into the online dashboard. Um, the subscription fee right now is $100 startup, and that's just a one-time for us to get your account information. And then it's $195 for the school year. And that's regardless of the number of students at your school site. And that's essentially it. And you're up and running within a few days. Now, Brian, I'm sure because you you probably handle a lot of subscription stuff for your school more than I do. That's pretty good as far as subscription prices go, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, I was just thinking, you know, about this at our school and, you know, talking to our guidance counselor who tends to manage a lot of these types of things. And to me as a tech and, you know, we techs tend to spend money, whether we're tight wads or not, it's very easy in the world of technology to, to ramp up there. No, it's not so your money. I'm going to throw right? Joe a bone <laughs> and I'm going to say, I'm going to say 195 for an annual subscription is a drop in the bucket. Now, is that 200 bucks per campus or for the entire district? That's per campus. And then when an entire district signs up or when we have even multiple schools beyond three or four, then we discount from there. So we want to make it affordable. We know it's making a difference. And we also acknowledge and having been in an education background, uh, I understand the budget. So, uh, but again, we want to make it affordable. Sure. And the more that sure. I see administrative stuff in the back end of schools, you live and die by data. So, you know, that that's a, a huge, I imagine, a huge pull into doing something like, you know, subscribing to a site like Sprigio. Yeah, then the, the data pool, as I said earlier, it's going to continue to grow as we expand beyond the 11 states. And, and that's going to be very rich, I think. Sure. Well, and let's not overlook the obvious. That's lawsuit prevention. You can say you had tactics in place and you did everything you could. And uh, CYA. You know, a lawsuit's going to cost a lot more than a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> How about a quarter to a half a million? Yeah. <laughs> well, and even if, if you choose not, you know, you're listening now and you choose not to uh, subscribe to Sprigio for your school, the Heroes Project portion is completely free, right? Oh, there you go. there's the tight wide. Uh, yeah. I hooked that back around. You like that? <laughs> well, Joe, I got to ask where the name came from. What is what is a Sprigio? What is a Sprigio? It's actually a combination of two things. It's a sprig. If you were to think of a sprig as even a sprig of parsley or, you know, something that's part of a, of a larger structure. Um, and that's kind of how we think of Sprigio. It's not the solution. It's part of 
building a school's culture. It's part of building the relationship between teachers and students. It's just part of that whole. And then if you take the G from Sprig and you attach it to the EO, then you have GO, meaning it's, this is really, it's a worldwide concern now. And, you know, we hear from people in Australia and England and it's all over the world. So we, you take those two together and you get Sprigio and, and it's nice because it's only seven letters long, and most kids that are you know fourteen can remember that. So that's a story you made up to justify the fact that the domain was available. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> now, Joe, did you just actually use parsley in your description of the URL? I love it. Yeah, I think it was. That was the word parsley. As soon as you said parsley, I just I just checked out right there. I couldn't get yeah. over that. You're not a green vegetable guy. I can, you know, I can tell. Now, Joe, I can tell you something you don't know about us. Actually, all three of us, me, Brian, and Mark, um, have all we all have history with music. We've all played in bands and, and that kind of thing. So all of us, I'm sure at some point, especially in our high school years, had the, the band with a terrible name. And ultimately, someone would say, well, why'd you name the band that? And the answer was always, well, it sounded really cool. So I was fully expecting <laughs> that answer from you. So you, you really nailed that one. You hit it out of the park. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Just yeah. goes to show he's smarter than us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure that's a high mark, Brian. No. <laughs> yeah, hey, low-hanging fruit. <laughs> well, Joe, thank you very much for coming out with us today. Um, before we let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to share about uh, about your service? You know, I, I think we really we hit the high points. Um, I appreciate the time that you guys have taken. You guys have a great show, and I'm looking forward to listening to the full extended version uh, and, you know, into subsequent issues. I just, uh, as I said, I, I feel great about the work we're doing. I know that we're making a difference, which is what I set out to do, and I'm going to continue to do that. So it's just, uh, you know, onwards and upwards from here. Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, Joe, for coming on, and we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. You guys take care now. Thanks, Joe. All right, so that was Joe uh, Bruzace from Sprigio.com. And what a dynamic speaker. What do you think, Brian? Excellent. I was uh, very impressed having not had the um, prior experience with him as you had. Um, very impressive. Um, I think it seems like he's in it for the right reasons. Absolutely. And I think that shows in the product and you know, the stories that he has coming out of it making a right. difference. And I was really hoping I wasn't dropping a bomb on him at the end when I asked how much the service was cut would cost because I honestly didn't know <laughs> the answer to that, and I was really afraid that it was going to be some giant astronomical, you know, cost. And I was going to be like, "Oh, all right, well, thanks for coming on." <laughs> so uh, I mean, it really was. It's a very affordable amount for what he's talking about, and you know, I think Mark put it best. Like, it, it's a a huge uh, liability. You know, it, it takes away that huge liability because it gives kids that outlet. Um, the only thing I'm sure. kind of the one thing I'm, I am curious about is uh, whether the the anonymity plays into it or not. You know, kids are a lot more likely to submit stuff when they're anonymous, but you have to wonder how effective that is versus you know if they're required to give a name or something. But um, sure, it sounds it sounds like schools that that subscribe to it certainly get something out of it. So it's good. To yeah, know. I'd I'd be interested to see what um what my administration. Um, what their initial reaction would be to it and might even be able to get them to listen to the podcast. Yeah, I'm really surprised what he said about the whole cyberbullying or the lack of, of the impact sure. of cyberbullying because that's really kind of when I, when I first asked him to come on the show, 
I thought that would be the angle that we take is talking about cyberbullying and the effects of, you know, the internet and kids always being connected and that kind of thing. And it sounds like it's almost, I don't want to say a non-issue, but it seems like in the scope of other things that he witnesses, that's such a minor one. And I think that's a really interesting point to take away from all this, because I think typically that's not what teachers think. Absolutely. I think that teachers, um, parents, the, the public in general seem to, you know, anytime you put the buzzword cyber in front of anything, you know, now all of a sudden it's a, it's a common issue and it's a, and it's a big hot topic. And it seemed to, to him like, oh, by the way, there's, there's bullying and, um, on occasions, you know, rare, but on occasions people might use a piece of technology to do so. I, oh yeah, and I think part of it happens because when that kid get, gets pushed in the hall or he gets called a name in the locker room or whatever, it happens and it's done. It's like the ringing of a bell. Whereas online, uh-huh. everything is forever. It's always archived. It's always there. So maybe that's why it just seems Absolutely. like it's so much of a bigger issue when it maybe it, it doesn't happen as often as we think. It's easier to trace, and so you know there's more of a trail involved and everything. Right. But um, you know. Like you, you had mentioned, you know, with the pencil, we never blame the pencil for the graffiti or the spray can of paint for the, um, you know, bridge embankment and its right. colorations. You know, Brian, but, that's always been yeah. one of my points about the whole cyberbullying thing is somebody, some kid bullies on Facebook. You have 100% foolproof evidence right there. You have the time that he did it. You have the login that you have his sure. the mug shot that he put up there himself <laughs> right. at the time. <laughs> You know, I I would think if you're a bully and you're a cyber bully, you're the dumbest bully ever. Yeah. It's a whole lot easier just to punch a kid as you walk by him. Right, right. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, all those little things that happen, you know, like under your breath, as, as Joe had mentioned, or, you know, in the hallway or bumping or, you know, whatever it may be, um, those things are, are hard to to trace, if you will. Right. Well, I great so, interview. I really liked him. That was cool. Absolutely. Someday I'll have to uh, to tell you guys a bully story. You know, off the air. You know, <laughs> one of my f- few middle school fights that I ever got into and everything, and and it'll be a good one, but uh, perhaps not uh, air worthy. You know, <laughs> when we talk about our our throwdowns, if you will. Wow. But um, on that note, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe somebody would want to bully us. So let's give them a way to technologically connect with us. How's that sound? Sure. Wait, we we're missing a, a, my quick tech tip or my quick teacher tip. Oh, Look well, <laughs> tips, you were, tips. You, know. you were trying to dig yourself out of the hole where we just did a whole show about anti-bullying and you basically ended up by saying how you were a bully in middle school. <laughs> no, no, I was bullied. I was oh, not the okay, actually okay. bullier. <laughs> Oh, I, and I it's a shame too because that was an excellent radio transition and that it just so blew good. it. It was great. I, know, so <laughs> I almost let it ride. Oh well, and now I feel bad because my teacher tip really isn't even that good. So I, I should have just let it go. <laughs> but I, lots of times when I'm thinking of my teacher tips, uh, one of two things happen. It's either something that I use chronically all the time that's just super cool that I always try to share with people, or lots of times it's something that that week or that day in class I happened to use and I really went well and I, I share there too and that's kind of the case today now granted it's a little redundant because I think we've talked about it in the past and it's definitely not a new service by any means but I always preach about how cool it is and how easy to use it is um, it's a, a website called slide rocket slide rocket.com 
and it's essentially, I guess you can call it a an online PowerPoint. Uh, and it's similar. I know you can do PowerPoint now online with um, Google Docs and Zoho, and you know, there's a bunch of other places, SlideShare, where you can upload them up after you make them on like a, a PowerPoint uh, software. But Slide Rocket is really great because, first of all, it's probably the the slickest one that I see in terms of the options for transitions and the options for different graphics and those kinds of things. And it also has, I think it's like a 500 meg um, upload limit too. So you can actually upload your own movie clips and embed it right in. So you don't even have to worry about things like embedding YouTube videos. And you can do that, but that's something that I tend to avoid because at my district, a lot of stuff is blocked. You never know what's going to appear and what's not from day to day. So it's nice that Slide Rocket kind of contains everything naturally but on top of that then it has all the advantages of being online um, you can download it locally um, with a, a player and do it like that if you don't have internet access but everything is hosted in the cloud so it's nice for like students who are absent you can just send them the link and it's good to go and it also allows for um, collaborators and I haven't used that feature a whole lot but you can have multiple teachers on there all working on the same um, presentation if you're doing something like that so it, it's something actually I used today and I was in a pinch I plan on doing one thing and um, literally about 30 minutes before class started, I realized that it just wasn't going to fly. So real quick, I, I, I pieced together a, a quick slide rocket presentation and it just looks good. I didn't have to do anything. I just used the, the default, uh, you know, background layout and, and threw in a couple transitions and it, it worked just fine. And the nice thing about it now too, is that there's actually an iPad app that plays everything. It plays video. It does it just like it would on the computer. So I actually didn't even need to worry about signing out a, a, a projector cart. I just used my my own mighty projector that I have in my room and plugged in my iPad and it worked right away. So I guess I have to once again sing the praises of Slide Rocket for anyone who hasn't used it before. So just from last week's um, note that, you know, technology will fail you. So you had something and then you had to scrap it. And in 30 minutes, not only did technology fail you, but then it also saved you. Actually, you know, I, I have to say it wasn't technology that failed me. It was me that failed me. Today was my first day back to school after the Christmas break. And we were starting off, we were going to do some notes, some basic note-taking stuff. And I had full intention of having the kids bring my the textbook into class. Usually, they don't carry the textbooks with them this whenever I tell them they need it. And I was so busy this morning that I forgot to remind my homeroom and all the other homerooms on my team that they needed their book. And I realized that my options were either to blow 15 minutes where the kids came in and went, oh, I didn't know I needed my textbook, and then wander the building just aimlessly. <laughs> um, so the option was either to have that happen or to come up with another alternative. So uh, our textbook actually has an online version. So I actually just went on, and I'm sure this is totally illegal to do, but whatever. It's not the first time I've done something <laughs> stupid. Um, I just went on and took a couple quick screenshots of some of the, the key you know, graphics and key charts that we would have talked about anyway, and uh, screenshotted that and cut and paste it and, and popped it into a slide rocket and kind of used it like that and added some of my own, you know, details and definitions and things. So it actually looked really, really professional. It looked like I spent a long time on it and I really was doing it <laughs> like the last 15 minutes of first period so I can have it ready for second period. Slide Don't you love it when that happens? morons look competent since 1999. You got it. It's fantastic. <laughs> it really is a great site. It, it, I know there's, there's advanced features. You can buy like a you know, subscription to it, but uh, it works so well in the, the free version. I've never had a problem with it. And the great thing, too, is it, it saves everything. So I have all these old you know, presentations and old lessons that I've, I can just pull up now and continue to edit. So... Uh, just what a, it's a great alternative to, to PowerPoint. I'm a huge believer in Slide Rocket. We use it at our school. Uh, it ties right into Google Apps 
beautifully. Uh, it, the the students log in to their Google Apps account, and there's a slide rocket button that they go to, and and the stuff that they save or import or whatever is all there in Google Apps. It's great. And for my school of about 700 users, I think it cost me a thousand bucks a year. Totally worth it. Wow. I've actually wow. had a last year when I used it. It was one of the first times I used it with my my students, and I was using it. One of the kids actually said, "What is this?" And another one before I could answer chimed in and went, "It looks like PowerPoint, only cool." So I thought, "Oh, I won them." <laughs> you don't hear that often. You know, Mark, so. that means that Slide Rocket is four times the price of one school. Oh, for Sprigio. Of for Sprigio, <laughs> and it, but it's one tenth and the if price you have, of PowerPoint. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we had to bring it around somehow, you see. Right, right. Yeah, oh, speaking of bullying and, and ways that they can bully us online, weren't you saying something earlier about that? <laughs> the moment's gone, Yes. Gone. Yeah, yeah, up. I missed it. it. I was trying. I was trying. If, if you would like to have an opportunity to bully us, um, and hopefully in a good way, um, perhaps a suggestion or two, um, I would uh, direct you to elementop.com slash tightwadteacher. Um, you also can uh, check out our new Element OP mobile app, soon to be available in iOS form, but Someday. at the moment it is Android form only. Um, you can also check us out on uh, Twitter at elementop slash tightwadteacher and also at John Mikulski or at Bruger. Or if you want to, you know, catch Mark and ask him a few, you know, behind-the-scenes questions or perhaps a what-are-these-guys-really-like questions, um, you always, co of course, can find Mark at Mark Cockrell. Um, Facebook is also available, facebook.com slash elementopi, and also by phone, 559-IAM-OP. All right, well, I guess that uh, about sums it up for tonight. Um, next uh, next week, our guest is Frank Baker. He's an author, actually. He just, he's coming out with a book now, so we kind of get the exclusive interview with him. Um, so we'll be talking with him about his book, and um, I guess that's something to look forward to, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to end that, man. It, I'm it, all thrown out now. It better be. Now that <laughs> all right, well, before I say anything else stupid, I guess this is a good spot to end, huh? <laughs> And I think last week, Mark actually yelled at us last week for taking his uh, for for taking his sign off. So I'm I'm not sure how to end this one. Brian, you want to take the lead? I, I was just going to ask you, did you come up with something? Or I don't know. I'm trying to know, think of something real real quick on the. Well, the you know, let me let me just tell you, I never came up with that. It was in the spur spur of the moment. I was like, ah, I was signing off, and and that became my tagline for the last year and a half. So it's not like it was a brilliant uh, brainstorm or anything like that. It just well, see, came out, and then I was too dumb to come up with anything else later. See, and I think what happened was Sean must have stolen that from you, and then when Sean and I started recording together, he did it, and I thought, well, i got to do the same thing as him. That's just what – it's the standard. So uh, now that's I, exactly I, how I got there. Exactly. Yeah, you've, your influence is far-reaching, Mark. Oh, well, I am the uh, – right. what did you call me? Uh, the guru. Uh, no, what the, what was it? Uh, overlord. Yeah. Supreme Overlord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's funny that Mark is the only one that remembers that out of all of us. It's like the only compliment I've had in the year and a half of doing this podcasting <laughs> thing, so i got to take it. Yeah. Sideways well, or not. Well, and, and well how about this? I'll say, for the Supreme Overlord, for John, and for me, Brian, <laughs> we are now signing off. Yeah.